0: In the name of Allah, the Most Beneficent, the Most Merciful. I'd like to welcome you all to the ninth episode of the Kazwini Brothers podcast. You know, for me, it feels like time's been flying. Half of Ramadan is already over, and the other half will, uh, you know, be done just as quickly. Happy Mother's Day to all our mothers, whoever just joined us, you know, please tell your mother you love them, show them your appreciation. I know with the lockdown we can't go out and shop, buy things for her, but you could write a card or simply just share your favorite memory of your mother with her. Our moms just want, um, you know, something to show appreciation. They're not asking for much. So may Allah bless all of our mothers and give them a long life. Today, we're going to be talking about global injustice. Evil obviously exists in the world. It's unfortunate, but it's the sad truth. The strong and powerful prey on the weak, and usually innocent people are left in the crossfire. Would you like me to
1: start? Yes. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, thumma salatu was salamu ala Muhammadinu Aliha Tayyibin al Tahirin. Respected brothers and sisters, viewers, friends, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. I would like to also congratulate all the mothers who are watching this show. And uh, I would like to pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect all our mothers. um, and to bless them, insha'Allah, with a long, healthy life. me. Today's topic, unfortunately, is not the happiest of topics. Um, we are speaking of a very important topic, however, and uh, that is global injustice. And I believe that one of the reasons why we observe the month of Ramadan, why we, while we fast, is to be able to think of the weak, their tribulations, their difficulties, what they have to go through on a daily basis. It is true that we must not eat or drink for several hours, many hours a day. However, at the time of Mufthar, MashaAllah, we are blessed to have many different kinds of food (coughs) on the table. We're blessed to have clean water, electricity, safety, warm food uh, around our family members. However, this is meant to remind us of those who do not have any food to eat or any water to drink, or they do not have the... uh, Ability to sit next to their family members and enjoy some family time Therefore I feel in the midst of the month of Ramadan This is the most important topic that needs to be addressed. This is the most important topic that needs to be talked about And we need to create a lot of awareness when it comes to this specific issue Um, Therefore uh, Everybody should feel responsible to be able to stand with the weak and against those who are involved in injustice any form of injustice especially global injustice and that is the true role that a Muslim must play Uh, while they enjoy freedom and while they enjoy uh, everything else that they have in life they must be charitable with what with that which Allah has given them. Um, that is a zakat. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asks us to do zakat on everything that we have. and On on all the blessings that He has given us and bestowed upon us. And the zakat of the safety and the freedom and the food that you have and the water that you
0: drink is to stand with the rest of the people who don't. Thank you, Sayyid. Uh, Today may not be one of the most entertaining or fun topics that we've talked about but it's obviously our responsibility to shed light on what's going on around the world although it may be the sad truth. Uh, Today we're going to be talking about a few things. First we're going to talk about the Uyghur crisis in uh, West China. We'll we'll talk about the Rohingya crisis that uh, had to do in Burma and Myanmar. We'll talk about the crisis in Yemen the crisis in Kashmir, we'll talk about the US border crisis, then we'll transition and speak a little bit on the causes of global injustice, we'll talk about God's intervention, and at the end we'll talk about how to try and achieve world peace. So. it's our responsibility to talk about these things, and I'd like to start off by talking about the crisis in West China with the Muslim Uyghurs. So, in 2018, the U- United Nations estimated that over one million Muslims are being uh, internment um, placed in internment camps and labor camps in West China. So, basically, the Chinese Communist Party rounded up all these Muslims, put them in these prison camps, and they're labeling them as re-education re-edu- camps, but uh, there's been many reports of the inhumane brutality going on within those camps. So, let's talk a little bit about that. Definitely. Um, you know, when you are talking about
1: global injustice and an injustice that has been forgotten for the most part, however... Right. Uh, it's it's very sad and, and in fact very depressing to hear of um, and to know that such things are still going on around the world is what's going on in China. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like you said, those innocent Muslims... Uh, by the way, when I say innocent Muslims, uh, there could be people that will say, well, no, uh, they were accused of certain things, some terrorist activities. Uh, for example, in a railway station, many people were killed by certain people who claim to be Muslim. Um, obviously, we're not saying that every single person in, in, in uh, you know, every single person in that community is uh, somebody who is, uh, you know, doing everything the right way. Right. Um, however, what is the majority like? That's the question we should ask. Are the majority of those people law-abiding, uh-huh. good citizens that didn't have anything to do with politics even. They just wanted to live their normal lives. Right. You know, Go to work, go to the mosque, go home, uh, be with their family, be able to worship freely. Uh-huh. That's how the majority of those people were. Very innocent people. Right. Yes, maybe a minority of them made mistakes, but that should not reflect on the rest of the community of of Muslims in China. Right. So, uh, you know, all those people uh that are now put in camps in in, in the uh like you said, they, you know, China refers to it as educational camps, but in fact they are uh brainwashing camps. Right. And I'll get to that, but you know, 1 million people right now are in those prisons. Mhm and uh, in those camps. And the criteria for them to choose those people and to put them in those camps is, you know, they would go in somebody's home and if they have a picture of the Kaaba or uh, the Prophet's Mosque or they would have a prayer man right. in their house, they would take those people and put them in those concentration camps. Right. I don't care whether you're Muslim or you're... A Jew or a Christian or an atheist, for a matter of fact. If you hear of this and you're not saddened and you don't feel like you want to do something about this and mm-hmm. make sure that you stand in defense of innocent people, then there is something seriously wrong with with that person or their mindset. Um, you know, they say that um, a lot of people thought that you know the people in the camps are uh, extremists. Right. You know, people like ISIS, terrorist people. But when they investigated, they realized they were very innocent people. And they were just, you know, uh, uh, doing their daily activities, you know, by, by going to the mosque or praying on a daily basis. Or, for example, purchasing halal food. Right. Now, what's happening in the camps is uh, the Communist Party has declared that You know, their party and religion cannot really see eye to eye. They cannot coexist. And therefore, they're trying to destroy the Islam within those people. uh, Basically, uh, take out that religious aspect of them out of their identity. Right. And uh, send them back into the society. So, not only those people don't have freedom of religion, but they're being forced to mm. denounce their religion, yeah. to leave their religion. And uh, a lot of them are being tortured. A lot of mm-hmm. them are... Uh, uh, I'm sure there are people who have lost their lives. Definitely. Um, and, you know, the stories that you hear of people who... all their lives, you know, they're eating halal, they're wearing hijab, they're, you know, they're, 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 they're Muslims. And... Uh, you know, the Chinese government has now
0: forced them to, for example, uh, drink. Yeah. Eat pork, drink. Eat pork. Right. Um, they're not allowed to fast. If they're caught fasting, they'll be punished, basically. Yeah. So they forced them to break their fast. Um, and, uh, you know, the Chinese government has spent
1: $8.5 billion on surveillance. Right. Uh, of those people. Yeah with facial recognitions just to make sure that you know they know exactly where they go, exactly what they do, uh, who they interact with. Yeah. They have forced them to have spying applications on their phones. So right. if you're a Muslim, you have to have the spying uh, app on your phone. Right. And you have to have it on all the time so the government knows exactly what you're doing, hears exactly what you're saying.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh, you know the average person of this community mm. makes uh, about $12 a month wow extreme poverty so if you're spending 8.5 billion people dollars uh, uh, sorry if you're spending 8.5 billion dollars on uh-huh. surveillance on this community but you're giving them $12 a month and they just happen to be in the richest area of China yeah, natural with all the natural resources, uh, that's I would say great injustice. Yeah. And the reason why, and, and obviously there are other areas that we have to cover and and many people might ask, you know, why is it that you only cover those four or five or six places? Yeah. Isn't there injustice in other parts of the world? Absolutely, there's injustice in many parts of the world. Right. However I felt that those are the greatest parts, the Mm -hmm. greatest forms of injustice. Those are, uh, this is the type of injustice that's going on around the world that people are not so aware of or people are not being proactive on. And what happens uh, is that Allah then is upset with everybody. Right. Because everybody's silent while such an injustice is taking place. Mm You know, uh, we can, you know, there are, there are, there are things that we can do that, uh, don't require much effort or right. time from us, you know, very peaceful ways to communicate the fact that we disagree with, 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 with such things, right. Regardless of those people who, you know, whether they are Muslim or not, we have to fo we have to voice, uh, our disagreement, um, uh, and, uh, and, and, and that is something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala requires from the Muslim community. But why is it today, you know, that the Muslim community is so silent? Right. Nobody's speaking out. Especially in Muslim countries. Especially in Muslim countries, or non-Muslim countries, but you would expect that the Muslim countries would say something, right? right.
0: And they are all quiet, and they are all silent. Some of them even said, you know, it's justified, certain... Countries that um, even house the Kaaba and the Prophet's Mosque. Some of their officials said, "You know what? Whatever is happening in China, that's justified." Yeah, uh, that's heartbreaking.
1: Yeah, and, uh, and 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 you know, I I saw some documents on WikiLeaks that speak of how China is now buying out those people. Mm-hmm. It's buying their silence, basically. Right, and. Uh, and in the end of the day, we realize it's all about money, right? Um, and it's it's about money for those who have who have been silenced.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's about money uh, for those who aren't saying anything because uh, uh, you know they're they're afraid for their benefits, right? And it's very sad. It's truly very sad and very depressing,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you know what's going on with those people there it's very heartbreaking um, you know they some of them are are forced into things that no human
0: beings should be no human being should be yeah. forced to it's kind of like you know when we read about the holocaust in camps like auschwitz absolutely yeah you know um and i even read that some christians are also being um held in those interments not not uh, as much as Muslims, yes, but if absolutely. they do catch anyone basically practicing religion, uh, they capture them and put them in these camps. So um, it's very inhumane, very unfortunate, violation of human rights. Um, makes me think of my the next point we're going to talk about, you know, uh, the Rohingya crisis. The UN president, Antoine Gautieres, um he called the Rohingya minority the most discriminated minority on earth. Um, in 2017, we saw a very inhumane brutality that occurred against them. Over 6,700 of them were basically genocided in Myanmar and Burma. Um, of those, over 800 of them were children under the age of five. So this happened by um, Buddhist radicalists that went into these villages and burned them down, you know, sexually assaulted all the women, they killed all the men, they killed children. Many people were killed and it was an act of genocide. Um, Many people around the world were silent. It's still today um, in the UN, no resolution has been passed to call it a genocide. Uh, So let's talk about that now.
1: Yeah, the Rohingyans um, and what's going on with them and the suffering that they witnessed. And again, you know, the, the mostly the Muslim community and the global community was very silent. Right. Very heartbreaking stories. Very heartbreaking images. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in, in one report I read that over 220 villages were burned down. Right. With everything in it. Yeah. You with know, the stock with the with the with the people in there with the uh livestock with the literally just burned down mm-hmm. um, and it is it is unbelievable you know this army uh of uh, Myanmar that's meant to protect uh, their citizens that's meant to ensure their safety and security is now mm-hmm. going to those villages and and a- aiding the destruction of those villages, uh, going against their own people. Right. Um, and it is the greatest form of ethnic cleansing. Right. Basically, they don't want those guys to exist anymore. Mm-hmm. They want they want them gone. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, there was a, a a very famous woman uh, that won the Nobel Peace Prize. Right. Uh, on On San Sui. On San Sui. Yeah. Who uh, uh, obviously is a, is a human rights activist. Yeah. And uh, she was silent for a very long time. And when she spoke, she said something that was very disappointing. Right. She said uh, basically, she denied a lot of things that were happening. And then she said, well, 50% of Muslim villages are still safe. Yeah. What does that mean? That means the other, what about the other 50%? The right. other 50% that were destroyed. The other fifty percent that, uh, you know, everybody in them was killed or burnt or, or murdered and, and sexually assaulted. Right. How, how are you going to be okay with that? Um, you know, as Muslims, we see those things and we ask ourselves, um, what have we done? What did we do in the past? What what did we? What are we going to do in the future? If if we come up, if things situations like this come up and. Um, and fortunately, for the most part, I feel that we 're content with our situation today you know we right. yeah you know we we wake up, we go to work, we drive our our cars and we 're comfortable and we eat the most uh, uh safest of foods and and we have clean water and we enjoy life, and our mm-hmm. kids are go- and therefore we are silent because we 're enjoying life, right. and we don 't think about those who are in 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 Situations that are very bad, and I feel that you know for Muslims um, living in the West, those who can be proactive, those who can, for example, start having influence on their uh, elected officials, mm-hmm. on the media, on journalists. Uh, please don't be silent when you see injustice. Right. The religion of Islam is a religion that has. That has taught us. In fact, all religions—Christianity, Judaism—and uh, I believe every single religion would stand against such uh, injustice right. going on around the world. So once again, I would like to reaffirm that uh, when you hear of such things, don't just don't just say, "Well, this is very sad for them," but um, walk away from it without doing anything.
0: Yeah. Um, Right now we're basically approaching the sixth year of the war that has been waged in Yemen. So in in 2014, Saudi Arabia and the UAE and many other countries began an unjust and gruesome war against the noble people of Yemen. Uh, It's estimated that over a hundred thousand civilians have been killed in this conflict and ten million people live in famine in Yemen and that's just a uh, an estimate, I'm sure it's much more than that. Um, and a lot of countries were complacent, still are complacent. Uh, not a lot of people are speaking out and talking about the crisis that's going on in Yemen. So let's touch on that subject a bit.
1: Um, you know, the saddest story in the world right now, and the most unfortunate event in the world right now is what's going on in Yemen. Right. It's the most heartbreaking event. Um, however, it is it is also something that people are not talking about. People are, are, are silent. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very unfortunate, and it's very sad. I've seen <clears throat> people who rally about you know justice and, and freedom and, and liberty and go after governments that have nothing to do with you know wars and, and crime right but then they'll forget about this whole situation in fact you know uh, to be honest even the muslim representatives that we spoke of a couple of days ago you yeah. know uh, were praising their efforts uh, have they called out the war on yemen what have they done? You know, um, the the other representatives that, that always speak of injustice, whether, you know, they are faithful Christians, uh, you know, are they, are they speaking of the injustice that's going on in Yemen or to say the least, they're just silent. Right. And obviously some of them or most of them are supportive because that's where the money is. Right. So the people of Yemen in 2011, just like any other Arab nation, began this Arab Spring Movement. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to enjoy a better life. You know, they wanted to, they overthrew a dictator. They were looking forward to having freedom and and to be able to live like any other free nation. Mm-hmm. However, um, with the interventions of many countries, um, uh, interfering in their affairs, things got out of hand and things got out of control. And unfortunately today, uh, you find that, you know, the situation of the Yemeni people is is very heartbreaking. Right. Um, 20 million people are suffering in mm. Yemen. 20 million people. That is a very... Uh, staggering number they have no schools, they have mm-hmm. no hospitals. they have no clean water um you know every report shows kids and animals and livestock drinking from the same water right you know dogs and 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 mules and donkeys and 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 cats and 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 kids are all drinking from the same pond mm-hmm. uh and if there is no rain, then there is no water. And those kids are, are getting sick and they're getting ill and they're dying, right. and nobody cares for them. Uh, poverty, malnutrition, famine, illness, disease. And, and and like I said, you know, nobody's really doing anything about that. Right. right? Nobody's. Uh, Nobody even cares to to give them importance, uh, you know. And and you see people. I see people on social media. I don't know if this is intentional. They are aware of it, or maybe they're not. But mm-hmm. they'll they'll have pictures of the most insignificant things. Mm-hmm. Um, on their profiles, in, in their posts, you know, and and you don't see anything about Yemen or the people of Yemen or the kids and the children in Yemen and the fact that they have no schools and they have no hospitals. And right. They're literally uh, suffering from every way possible. How is it that we've ignored them? How is it that we've forgotten about them? How is it that we're indifferent towards them? Uh, yes, I personally can't get up and go to Yemen. That's not possible. But at least I can do something, you know. I, I can, I can make sure I'm reminding others. You know, you have a hundred followers, five hundred followers, a thousand followers. At least remind them once a month of those things that are going on around the world, so that people are also aware and they're doing something about this.
0: Yeah. You know, there's no way to justify what's going on in Yemen. Uh, It's a gruesome war. The best thing that would occur is if if both sides were able to reach an agreement, you know, if, if the state needs to separate maybe, whatever is required for them to reach peace. But the biggest fact is that all foreign countries need to quit intervening within that country.
1: Yes, absolutely. You know, when the war began... Uh, it was an American-backed war, right? And uh, for the most part, not uh, just America, but U.S., Canada, UK. Yeah, yeah obviously. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, but you know, it was mostly a, a U.S.-backed war, right? And at that time, uh, Senator Bernie Sanders got up and he basically tried to stop this. uh um, yeah. You know, and and many other members of Congress and sent you know. Uh, but the president President Donald Trump vetoed that and right. continued his support to Saudi Arabia who everybody i think i, I don 't think anybody around the world doubts the fact that they are the most terrifying mm-hmm. nation you know they are, they are terrorists, they're terrorists they 're brutal they 're murderers they have you know they they 're going on murdering their own people uh, uh spreading you know, hate all around the world. They right. are the founders of the Wahhabi movement and the uh, and and you know the the extremist mindset and mentality. Right. Uh, so, how is it possible that Western democratic states uh, support them? F- support them and fight their wars. Right. You know, that's uh, that's a very interesting discussion for another time. But in yeah. the end of the day, you know, it's all about
0: money. Yeah, It's all about dirty politics, for sure. Um, that, that's something that, unfortunately, we've seen for centuries, and if we don't act, it'll happen. It'll keep occurring. Um, the crisis in Kashmir I heard about very recently, but when I learned about it, I saw that it's actually been going on for many, many years, and I haven't really known about it much. I just recently heard about it when uh, India and Pakistan were, you know, at a stance. They were almost going to go to war, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, there were fighter jets that were shot down by Pakistan, and India was conducting airstrikes within Pakistan. Uh, but I know that the the people that are in the crosshairs are the civilians, the, the innocent people that live in Kashmir. They're getting hit the hardest. So let's talk a little bit about the crisis in Kashmir too. Yeah, you know the crisis in Kashmir has been
1: going on for a very long time, very long time and um, uh, you know obviously the people of Kashmir are the ones that are paying for it, Right. they're paying uh, a price that they should not have to pay. Uh, why? Because they're stuck between India and Pakistan, mm. and India and Pakistan have been fighting over this territory for a very long time. Right. India claims this belongs to us. Pakistan says no, it belongs to us, and and there is wars going on between those two nuclear powers. Right. And. Uh, Who's paying the price? The people of Kashmir. Mm -hmm. Again, very innocent people. Yes, amongst innocent people, for example, this this young man who detonated a bomb, I I don't know exactly the date, but um, and and killed Indians, uh, Indian soldiers, um, that was a terrorist, you know, an act of terrorism. Um, He was from Kashmir, uh, however, it does not mean that all Kashmiri people are terrorists right. and they agree with this. But that same kid, um, I read in articles that he was humiliated by Indians. He was he, he was even shot in the leg once in a, in a demonstration. Uh, the first time they caught him in a demonstration, they basically put his face on the ground and they were... Uh, uh, um, they were rubbing it on the ground with their feet, with, the, with their boots, the, the Indian soldiers. So there was a lot of uh, aggression that was built into, inside this young man. And, and obviously right. he, he took away his life by detonating a, a, a bomb. Which is very unfortunate, but it is, right. it is a, an alarming event for Pakistan and India to be able to work together, to understand each other, to be able to create peace... So that such events don't occur right. and innocent people don't die. You know, even the soldiers that were killed, obviously those people are innocent people. You know, thats they're just doing their duty. Right. Um, and they're serving the Indian government. Anyhow, I mean, the politics between India and Pakistan is not something I want to get into. But uh, what I want to say is those people, the people of Kashmir, are stuck between this fight. Yeah. And a lot of their youth, you know, they're, 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 they have dreams, you know, right. they, they have ambitions. They want a good future. They want a good future for themselves. And they're not being able to. They're not being able to live freely. And they're, they're always scared. They're, all, they're always afraid, um, you know, uh, to be caught in the midst of this fire. Uh, and it's not fair to them. It's not fair for, you know, all those people to be killed for all those people to die, right? for all those people to live in fear because, you know, two governments are not getting along.
0: Yeah. That's and
1: for the, most, for the most part, the people of Kashmir are very good
0: people, law-abiding people. Yeah. Um, they uh, get along, too, you know, on either side of the... Absolutely. Yeah. This, uh, our next subject is something closer to home, you know, uh, something that's going on within our country. We're going to talk about the U.S. uh, border crisis. So basically, what's been going on for years, not just right now, is people at the Mexican border have been um, illegally crossing into the United States. You know, undocumented immigrants cross into the United States illegally. Uh, They get imprisoned. They get deported. But after the current administration, there was a lot of more inhumane uh, practices going on, you know, like caging people, putting children in cages, um, separating families at the border, um, you know, imprisoning people without a trial. So obviously there has to be a rule of law, you know, if you, you do something illegal, then maybe you go to prison, but there is still humane ways to treat prisoners and, you know, a due process to try people and, and, Uh, indict them and send them to prison so let's talk a little bit about the U.S. border crisis yeah I mean obviously that's something that's happening here and and
1: now Uh, you know the crisis is not just uh, the U.S. border uh, uh, crisis Uh, you know it's uh, in in forms of caging people or separating them from their families Uh, I think that world leaders have all spoken against for example the wall against the situation uh... that has angered a lot of the american people as well you know americans mm-hmm. do not agree with this american people um, are loving peaceful people they're charitable people right? and they're you know they they don't agree with this however you know the administration has made a, a decision and i want to say that you know uh... we shouldn't just look at things from one Perspective, and I just say, you know, um, let's let's just leave our borders open, let anybody get in and out. That's right. obviously not um, not something that anybody would want. No, no Americans would agree, would agree to that. But when you know, when it comes to the undocumented community of of people who live in America, you know, a lot of them have uh, children who were born in America. Right. And, uh, you know, in the end of the day, separating families like that is heartbreaking. You know? right. Separating a, a U.S. citizen, child that was born in America, from, from their parents, putting them in cages and prisons, mm-hmm. is not what America is all about, you know. Uh, and a lot of those other guys that are getting to Mexico illegally and then trying to cross the border from Mexico into the United States from uh, Central America, South America... I mean, look at what's going on in their countries. They have right. miserable countries. Uh, they're, 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 they're running away because they're afraid for their lives. It's not that, you know, all, you know they're showing up here and, and putting their lives at risk to get to the United States right. because they just feel like they want to go to Disneyland or, or Hollywood Boulevard. No, that's yeah. not the case. They are afraid for their lives. They come from very troublesome um, situations. Uh, in their countries, you know and uh, and obviously you know the whole situation with refugees, they should be given a chance right uh to be able to live freely with dignity and if the u uh, if the United States can welcome them and can embrace them and then that is that
0: is an act of charity that's something that is beautiful, yeah. Talking about all this injustice that happens around the world, I've heard this uh, question being raised a lot of times. Um, So people say, you know, why does Allah allow for these things to happen? How come? uh, Where is Allah's intervention in global injustice, basically?
1: Yeah, uh, you know, this is a question that has been asked uh, since the, the... the inception of religion, I would say, Uh, from the time of Adam until now, um, it's a question that people ask while there's uh, global pandemics going on, while there's wars, while there's famine, while there's illnesses. People ask, you know, a child can ask, why is it that my father is the one who's ill? Mm -hmm. Where's God? Right. Uh, in this whole scenario, why did he not cure my father? Does he not know that I need my father? Or a, a child, an orphan that has lost both his parents right. would ask, where is God? If God mm-hmm. existed, then why is it that I lost both my parents? Right. Um, or you would have, uh, on the bigger scale, when you see, for example, something like what's going on now with this whole COVID-19, mm-hmm. coronavirus. Right. How come God just doesn't stop this? Doesn't He not love His creation? Are mm-hmm. people dying? Uh, but why did He allow this vir- virus to, ta- to, to take over the world? So, God's intervention, why isn't God intervening? And if He does not, then does He really exist? And if He exists, then is He a, a just, loving God? Like mm-hmm. he, you know we describe Him to be. And that is an important discussion. Um, however, it's a very lengthy one. Uh, But I will touch upon um, several uh, explanations given by scholars and and by philosophers and by religious leaders, the Imams, the Prophets, the the Quran, uh, to uh, answer this very important question. Number one is, you see, sometimes we find uh, a small form of Bad or evil, right. Then it removes it. It, it um, repels a much greater one, right? Um, for example, you have all seen that um, you know for diabetics sometimes mm. they have to amputate one of their limbs. Right. Mostly, it's you know their their uh, toes. their toes. Because the, the blood gets thin in their, in their veins and, right. uh, and, you know, it causes... Clots. Uh, clots. So, basically, they have, they have to amputate, you know, uh, uh, their, their uh, uh, toes or sometimes their feet. Right. And, you know, if you were to go to a surgery room and here's a, a physician, a surgeon trying to amputate this person's limb... Uh, his feet or, you know, his toes, then you see that as a, an evil act. Why, why won't you do that to someone, you know? Right. But once you understand that this small evil, the small bad thing is going to eliminate something much greater, it's going to eliminate this person losing his sight or losing his life, right. or losing his entire leg, then you realize it is something that, you know, is needed. Is needed. Um, and sometimes that... Um, that is the case for uh for 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 many of of the things that we see around the world where we feel God does not intervene uh, you know if you send your kids to a private school for example, and you spend about five to ten thousand dollars a a year on your kids some private schools thirty 000, forty thousand dollars a year right. uh that is not something uh People like, you know, people don't just want to go out there and spend $10,000 on, you know, their kid's education. That is something, you know, not desirable. Right. However, it eliminates something much worse. Mm-hmm. And that is, you know, for a kid to grow up without education, without discipline, uh, then not having a future and I, I remember I shared the story a couple of days ago. I'll share it again for the guy that you know wanted to put his son into the school in the village. Mm-hmm. So he went to the village scholar and he said to him, "I want you to teach my son." Uh, he said it cost you thirty dinars. Right. And uh, the the this guy, he told him, uh, you know, for with thirty dinars I can buy a mule. And obviously, a mule, you know, was, uh, you know, helping out, obviously, creating revenue and making money for them. Right. So the teacher said, you have two options. You can either educate your son mm-hmm. or you will have three mules. The one that you have now, the one that you will buy, and your son. Right. Because, uh, you know, he wanted to basically let him know that, you know, if you don't give education to your kids, that's what they'll grow up to be. Yeah. So, yeah, you have to spend... In order to get, um, and and that is something that you know uh, applies to uh, a lot of things that we see now. There was a child. His name was Ilam, mm-hmm. uh, the the refugee who drowned in the water. The three year old that you know his father was carrying him, and he was he was drowned and he died. And I remember when I saw this picture for many days, I couldn't even eat or sleep or. Uh, it was the saddest thing. I felt like you know this this world, this 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 entire uh, race of, of this entire kind of people, the human kind, has really gone to the lowest of the low. Where you know all those people are suffering and they're dying and they're drowning in the ocean and nobody cares. And especially Muslim countries, not nobody opened the doors for them, their doors for them. So this was an evil, but it saved a much greater evil yes nobody was happy that this child died but that created uh, a, a desire within the uh, the uh, the United the European nations to open up their doors and to start accepting the refugees right. so millions of refugees could have died but that was eliminated by this particular incident and and uh, Uh, You know, for example, Angela Merkel was the one that said, you know, she, you know, millions of people ended up in in Europe, right? Right. And uh, she was the one that said, history will remember that, uh, you know, the Christian land uh, gave amnesty and protection to Muslims. Right. While they were fleeing their countries. And, And then, you know, for example, Saudi Arabia said, if they end up in Germany, we'll build them mosques. You know, I, I think not a good can, idea. Not, yeah, I can. Not Saudi Arabia's can, yeah, mosques. Uh, I think we can all agree that uh, that is counterproductive. That is very counterproductive, and they don't need mosques. Yeah, definitely not Saudi. Arabia's. They don't need uh, you know. They need shelter. They need right. food. They need homes. They need housing. They need education. They need uh, and and, uh, and they don't need mosques. Yeah. In fact, uh, you know. There are so many mosques in the Muslim countries. Why didn't those mosques create this desire within the people to accept those refugees, to get them out of their miseries? It's because when mosques are separated from humanity, from, from the basic tenets of Islam, and they're turning into places of rituals, then they no longer will serve the purpose that they ought to serve. And um, Anyhow, so the one reason is, You know, something small happens, but it eliminates something much bigger. And we may never know about, you know, that much bigger thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But, uh, and sometimes we will, you know, later. Um, Another uh, explanation is that God Himself does not create any evil, whether small or big, whether it's, uh, you know, it's a... it's a smaller evil or a bigger evil. Right. It's all the creation of human beings. We are the ones that create evil. Right. Um, and we are responsible for that evil. You know, uh, the, 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 the virus that spread in the world today. Is God responsible for this virus? Did He create this virus? Did He spread the virus? Absolutely not. And I am puzzled, I am baffled when I see that, uh, you know, some people are trying to blame this on God. Right while God says, you know those this is what you gotta eat, this is what you stay away from. this is how you're supposed to act this is and and the end of the day we break all those rules and then we end up blaming God, yeah for our mistakes and uh, you know that is that is the case in many of of the times. you know you see folks for example, children were that are born with illnesses, and you realize that you know, one of the reasons could be that, you know, the mother or the father was either smoking or doing drugs or, or right. consuming alcohol. And all those things that are forbidden by religion, they're doing them. And mm. then they blame God for, for their own mistakes. Yeah. And, you know, the, the rest of the things. Number three is that sometimes we see certain things as bad, but they're not actually bad. Mm. Uh, they're actually good, but in the long run, they will turn to be something good. As we look at them today... They don't appear to be good, but in the long run, they will turn into something good that all of humanity can enjoy. And if you look at this global injustice, I don't think that in any given moment we can blame God for it. Right. Um, in fact, if anything, God is the one that calls for uh, people to uh, act with a peace. And seek justice. And seek justice towards each other, and not... Uh, you know, go around engaging in wars and killing, and I think that is the message of all major religions, not just the religion of Islam. All religions, all religious people, uh, would tell you that we are not uh, for all this global injustice. However, those who have hijacked religions, right. those who, in the name of a religion, they are, you know, they're doing terrorist acts they're a completely different situation and, and that is why there will always be a minority a minority of Muslims a minority of Christians a minority of Jews a minority of Buddhists right. a minority of Hindus will be you know uh, people who will hijack their religion and they have and an I you know obviously everybody knows this, those examples uh, of, of people who have hijacked their religions and, 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 and done terrorist activities in the, in the name of their gods or their religions yeah. Uh, but at the end of the day Religion protects us Religion right. and God is meant to create peace Amongst people in his creation
0: Yeah, thinking of religious figures That basically uh, Tried to achieve peace Especially recently I know Ayatollah uh, Sayyid Sistani One of the grand jurists In uh, the Shia faith um, He, During the invasion of ISIS In Iraq I remember he gave a Grand Fatwa, an edict that all able men should go and and defend themselves uh, against ISIS and eradicate ISIS to try and basically achieve peace. Um, What other examples of religious figures can you think of that were basically catalysts towards achieving world peace.
1: Well, I think it's uh, this. This topic is, uh, you know, the topic of achieving global peace is is very important. Right. Um. However, it's a very uh, broad topic, right? Right. You know, you can achieve global peace in many ways. However, I think one of the most effective ways, one of the most. Uh, Uh, a way that is achievable and it is convenient Mm -hmm. and it plays a role in the lives of all religious people is the religious involvement in achieving global peace and you know you you see that you see that happening when world religions and world leaders come together in understanding to create peace amongst themselves Um, you know religion can either be the cause for destruction and hate and violence and in, in war, mm-hmm. or could be the the cause to peace. Right. like you said, you know, say the Sistani in Iraq, according to you know all sides, whether they're the Shiri, you know, uh, the Shia Muslims or or non-Muslims or, or Western uh, analysts, he was he played a very important role to save many lives mm-hmm. in Iraq because he was able to tell the Iraqi people. That religion and religious figures and the Holy Qur'an is meant to create safety, brotherhood, peace amongst the Iraqi people. Similarly, you know, we see Pope Francis. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's done a marvelous job. He's done an amazing job in creating world peace. Right. Uh, people like Mother Teresa mm-hmm. um, and other religious leaders that have, you know, done their part in 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 interfaith dialogue and creating peace globally. Um, that is why I believe in interfaith dialogue. I think that every center, every community, every mosque, every religious group should most definitely be involved in, in, in interfaith dialogue. And uh, that is something that the Qur'an calls for. And I think it plays a role, even if it's in a small city. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it grows to be a larger uh, you know, to, to a larger part of your city and then your state and your country and then globally, that's how we'll be able to achieve peace.
0: I think religion can play a very important role in, in that. InshaAllah. Thank you so much for the insight today. I'd like to thank all of our viewers. Um, thank you so much for supporting us, for giving your positive feedback, uh, for keeping us, you know, in your da'as. I hope you all are praying for us during Ramadan